Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Exodus 16, verses 2 through 15, page 55 in the Pew Bible. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, For you have brought us out of this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them, whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. Well, we've made it to week six in our 10-week journey across the Exodus story. 
We've made it to the 16th chapter of Exodus, and the Hebrews are complaining again. You've probably noticed there's a lot of complaining in Exodus. We, we heard some last week too. By the way, uh, Moses is a favorite figure at most pastors' conferences because usually when there's a room full of ministers, the speaker usually gets around to telling Moses stories because he's the religious leader who has suffered the most complaints from the people he was trying to lead. You remember last week, uh, the complaint was, and I love this humorous complaint, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? The conference leader usually gets around to saying, see, if the great leader of the Exodus got that much complaining, what did you expect at First Baptist Church? Well, we're back and the Hebrews are complaining again. And this time it's not about an approaching army, but about not having enough to eat. A traveling group of pilgrims can't exactly plant gardens. And there's not enough to hunt and scavenge for that many people on the move. And they're hungry and their mamas are watching their babies cry because their bellies are empty. And so they complain to Moses and Aaron because that's what they're doing. If we'd have died in Pharaoh's Egypt, at least we'd have died with our bellies full. You brought us out here to die of hunger. And in response to Moses' pleas and prayers, God responds to Moses saying, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. Bread from heaven, manna. Manna, by the way, is still found in that region today. Still, the Bedouin who live in the Sinai Peninsula gather a flaky plant lice from the tamarisk tree that's called manna. So, you might be asking, did manna just come floating down from the sky? Or did the Israelites just discover what was already there, found it to be tasty and nutritious and in great supply, and that's what sustained them? I don't know and don't much care. In either case, the people recognized it for what it was. It was God's renewing provision to take care of their needs, an act of God's love and care for them. It's also worth noting that manna doesn't keep. It's not much for leftovers. They could gather two quarts a day per person. That's a pretty good amount of manna. But only enough for that day. They couldn't store it up for tomorrow. God commands that each Israelite gather for one day's food only, except on Friday. On Friday you could gather two days food. That way you could honor the Saturday Sabbath and not work on Saturday. But gathering one day's food is also a faith statement. It's a way of trusting that God is going to provide again tomorrow, and God is going to provide again Tuesday, and God is going to provide again a week from Tuesday. 
And as we'll see in a minute, not all of them were able to hold that trust the whole time. Some of you might have canned peaches at home, but nobody I've ever heard of has an entire storage unit full of canned peaches. And the reason for that is that you fully expect there are going to be peaches again this summer on the peach trees. And I know we go down the highway and we look at the peach trees and they look dead. Right now they are brown and leafless and they look completely dead. But still you don't believe what your eyes are telling you. Because you believe a miracle. You believe that what looks dead is actually going to come back to life. You believe that the replenishing God is soon going to awaken these lifeless trees and that ripe peaches are going to make the limbs bend again this year. And that seems so obvious. Yet we're not fully convinced. If we were fully convinced of God's replenishing, we would trust God in other matters of provision too. So much of life's happiness and so much of spiritual maturity hinges on this lesson. Generous people are happier than stingy people. We all know that. And the primary difference between the generous and the hoarding is that generous people believe peach trees will make peaches again this year. Let me say that again. The primary difference between the closed-fisted sour people and the abundant generous people is that generous people really do believe that peach trees will make peaches again this year. If you believe that the manna you see on the ground is the only manna that's coming, you'll stuff it in every pocket. You'll put it in every satchel. You'll eat as much as you can right now because you're not sure if it's ever going to be there again. But if you believe that the bread of heaven is showing up again tomorrow, because that is the nature of God, to love and to provide, then hoarding is just silly. We didn't read this far in the story, but I alluded to it already. It won't surprise you that even after Moses commanded that none of the manna be hoarded for mourning, some people still operated out of their fear and stuffed some aside. The manna bred worms. (laughs) It rotted. But still fear will do that. If you believe there's not enough, that peach trees just might not come through ever again. That today's manna might be all the manna we ever see, you'll start living in fear and hoard and keep and groan. The fear of not enough, 
fuels so much of our cultural sickness. The fear of not enough is rampant and frenzied and illogical. People with $8 million in the bank who can't sleep at night for wondering how they're going to get more because it's not yet enough. It won't go away. It just keeps not. And I've got to build a bigger barn because there just might not be enough. But we also know people who see the grace of God's renewing and rest in it. Not not laziness, I mean hard work, diligence, excellence. But in the end, they just operate out of this rest and peace and generosity because they know God's going to provide again. In verse 7, Moses tells the people, And in the morning, then you shall see the glory of the Lord. In other words, tomorrow God will provide your needs. Then you'll go to sleep. And in the morning, God will do it again. People who live in the trust that manna will be back again tomorrow start living out of a freedom and abundance that separates them from the close-fisted majority. Notice that. There's some people who always seem to be repairing somebody else's deck and paying for a stranger's eye exam and giving extra to the church and always picking up the check at lunch. Those are the people who trusted what Moses said about seeing God's glory again in the morning. They're also the people who laugh easily and sleep well. You've known some of these people. They are the best among us. Let me tell you about one of the abundant ones whom I never got a chance to meet. But we've got all kind of mutual friends. Most of my friends in ministry who are my age went to the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. I went to Southeastern Seminary in Wake Forest. And most of those friends think my grades weren't good enough and I couldn't get in. I think that's the way they act. It's true that Southern in that era was in its heyday. It was, a, it was a fabulous seminary with incredible faculty. But their seminary experience was also enhanced by a wonderful uh, church life in, in Louisville at that time. Of course, several served churches all out and about. But the Crescent Hill Baptist Church was the, the seminary church. It's where most seminarians landed if they were not in a church position. And they and their spouses were in one Sunday school class together. And the teacher of that class was the director of alumni affairs and his wife, Eleanor. And this Sunday school teacher and administrator was so funny, so engaging, so captivating that he actually caught the attention of TV producers. You'll recognize his name, some of you will. His name was Grady Nutt. You're nodding. Right? He ended up on Hee Haw as a regular. 
Later, he was cast in his own sitcom. Uh, the pilot of that sitcom aired before Grady was tragically killed at age 49 in a small plane crash. Well, as I said, I never knew Grady Nutt, but we had all kind of mutual friends. And one of those friends who was a contemporary of his named Floyd was one of his closest friends. And he ended up adopting Grady's blessing at the meal as his own blessing. He, he started saying what Grady always said when the meal came. It was, it was his way of honoring his old friend. The, the, the blessing is beautiful and simple and it has flair and humor and faith and all the things that Grady was known for. But I didn't know this background. I didn't know this story. And the first time I heard this beautiful prayer was at a steakhouse in Boston. I was with Floyd and a group of group of folks, we were at a conference together. And it was one of those elegant steakhouses with the white tablecloth and the candle. And the, would you like a $9 baked potato to go with that because your $50 steak doesn't come with any sides? You know, that kind of steakhouse, right? The meal was served, the waiter dismissed, and Floyd began the prayer, and we bowed. And Floyd yells, he did it again. That was it. That was the blessing. Grady Nutt's blessing over meals was a declaration of God's ongoing provision. Over and over, God provides what we need. Manna shows up every day, and Grady just couldn't help declaring with joy at every meal, he did it again. Now, I'm not recommending this blessing next time you're out someplace fancy. But I do recommend adopting this posture of trust. God provided manna every day. And in the morning you shall see the glory of God. And there's no need to rent a storage unit to hoard peach preserves because there's a pretty good chance God's going to produce peaches again this year. And our job is to embrace the abundance and generosity of God as our own. It's ours to eat the manna we need for this day and give and bless others with the trust that there is going to be manna again tomorrow. The free and mature of us have figured this out already. Others of us are still clenching and hoarding but the most beautifully complete people I know are the ones who truly believe that more manna is coming tomorrow and that we are free to be generous with what's in our hands today as blessing to others. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, Come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.